Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy. And I'm really excited about this episode because I get to announce who the winner is of the one-on-one business coaching call. It's never easy to decide and to pick just one person, but I am really excited about who I'm working with. And before I share who the winner is, I'm going to read a review from one of our listeners. This review comes from Summer of Squats and Running Stitches. Summer says, I absolutely love the podcast. Hearing Elizabeth advise my peers on the same things that I'm struggling with, like when to provide free content, how to make a craft career profitable, and how to grow a dedicated following and relationships with peers is invaluable. Elizabeth makes the podcast fun to listen to while providing a wealth of knowledge I can apply to my career. Summer, thank you so much, and I am seriously glad that the podcast is helping you with your career. That is my hope, and I really am glad that that's resonating and helping you. And now I am really excited to announce who I will be having a coaching call with. The winner of this coaching call is Sherry Saunders Freremuth, and her Instagram handle is Bowberry Design Co. So it's B O B E R R Y Design Co. Sherry is a designer, an educator, a writer. She designs fabric, and she's also a quilt pattern designer. And I just know that the things we're going to chat about are going to resonate with a lot of creative entrepreneurs. So get excited. We'll be recording this. I actually need to reach out to her and set up a time and let her know that she's the winner. But we'll be setting up a time to chat, and I will have that recording for you guys in just a couple of weeks. And I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest this week, Shelly Morgan. Shelly has a very successful blog, and when she reached out to me, she had heard one of the coaching calls, I believe it was episode 11 with Casey Cometti, and she heard about, she could tell the things that we were talking about, the affiliates and the blogs, that she had a lot to offer that hadn't been touched on. And she has a lot of experience. So as we were chatting, I mean, I just was picking her brain. And there is so much that you are going to learn from Shelly today. So enjoy. And Shelly, thank you for being on the show. I am so excited to have Shelly of Coral & Co. on the podcast today. Shelly reached out to me after last week's episode. She listened to the business coaching call with Casey. And Shelly, tell me what you thought when you heard that podcast. Um, I really, God, I loved that podcast. I was like, can she be my business coach? (laughs) But, um, I just love that podcast because I, you know, quilters are known for their patterns that they put out, but realizing that there were like quilters wanting to branch out into other facets. And I know that I've been wanting to do that, you know, have your hand in more baskets. And so, I just thought, oh, that's really cool. I really didn't know that there were that many who were wanting to branch out into so many other things. I always just kind of had this mindset that a lot of them just wanted to be quilt pattern designers and leave it there. And then when I heard that, I was like, oh, well, 
there's so many other avenues. And I know that I've had a couple of friends that I've talked to about like how you can move your business in other directions that are helpful for the quilt patterns, but also can make money in other areas. Yes. And when you reached out to me, things that like really stood out to me that I'm super intrigued about. So you have a very successful blog Mm -hmm. and you mentioned that there's over 140,000 visitors per month on your blog and that you've also worked with like Joann's cricket. You have an exclusive media company that publishes ads on your blog. Mm -hmm. So those are things that I have not experienced. And so I just want to hear from you. Like, and you also mentioned that you started with a blog first and then moved into the quilting. Mm -hmm. So basically, can you share your story of how you started your business and how all of this came to be? How does one do this? Okay. So at a long, long time ago, when I first had kids, I had a little Etsy shop and I was making baby blankets. And um, then I kind of segued into like buying the fabric, you know, wholesale. And then I kind of had a little Etsy shop selling the fabric and making the blankets. And someone, a friend was like, you know, a blog is really helpful for all these things. And Etsy has always said, you need a blog. So I was like, well, okay, I'll make a tutorial on how to make a baby blanket. And I did that. And then I kind of got into blogging. And then there were a lot of people around at that time who did, um, since I had little kids, I had babies, who did child sewing blogging. I don't know if you know much about the child fashion world. It's like Mm -hmm. a whole world um, where you make all these outfits for your kids and you blog about them and you show them. And so that was a really big thing going on at the time. I don't know if you've heard of Project Run and Play, but it's like a contest. No, I have some friends who've been on that and I was on that in a season. It's just a super fun thing. And so I was really into that for a while and was just blogging about like my kids' outfits that I made. And I had some tutorials on my site and I mean, it didn't really do anything at the time. You know, it was like, didn't really get a whole lot of traffic. And then I had these little, I was still doing an Etsy shop and I had these little baby hats and like not bows that I was making and putting in my shop. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just, I already have the pattern I made for it. Maybe I'll just put it on my blog. And I was like, okay, we'll just see how it does. I didn't really think about it. I put it on my blog and then all of a sudden my blog started getting all this traffic, like Hmm. just a wild amount of traffic and it was getting picked up in like all these like roundup big posts from like all these other websites that I had never, it was started going crazy on Pinterest, like immediately like went viral. I had no idea what I had done, but apparently I had done something right. And so I was like, okay, well, how can I do that again? So I made more patterns. Some of them were like clothing patterns. I did take a course. It was called pattern workshop. I don't know if you've heard of it. But it was, it's kind of like what you and um, Amber have done, but it was like for clothing pattern designers. And I took that maybe in like 2015 and that was kind of how I knew how to get around and like illustrator and stuff. And I liked it, but I was like, "Mm, really clothing pattern design is just like not for me. Like that's just not my, Um, so I just kept blogging and I just kind of kept making like free tutorials and some free patterns. And I was working like sometimes with fabric companies. Um, and oh, I would do those like sponsored posts that were from, I'm trying to think there's like a couple different companies that do these posts 
um, they reach out, you sign up for an email list and they reach out and they're like, Hey, we've got, you know, a coffee company or we have a dog food company that wants, needs a sponsored post, you know, what's your bid? And I think I put like, I don't know, $250 and I would make like coasters for my cup of coffee and make a tutorial. And those were like some of my first sponsored posts. Like one time I made a cat food mat. Really? Okay. So I'm going to pause real quick because I've never heard of such a thing as this. So tell me more. What is this company with these lists? I think there's a bunch of different ones. I don't think they do it quite. I know that they still do it. I don't know how many like craft bloggers they pick up these days. And I have a lot of friends that have done it in the past. I think like Clever Girls is one of them. Um, I can give you like a little list of them and you can put it in your show notes. I think Blog Lemon might have one. Michaels and Elmer's had one one time and Hmm. I did do like a something on Sharpies. Okay. Like an Elmer's glue. Like I made, it was just- And like, does it pay well or is it like, oh, here's a couple Um, dollars? You give them a bid. Sometimes they'll say like $250. Sometimes you give them a bid. Mm -hmm. That was how I started sponsored posts. Um, And then- I had some other blogging friends and some of them had worked with some other companies who like actually paid and they gave me some contacts like, Hey, this is, you know, the head of whatever company you can email them. And I would write them and be like, with my idea, like, Hey, I want to make a post for you. This is my website. These are how many email subscribers I have. This is how many views I get. And this is like before Instagram was like so big, you know, mm-hmm. people and this is my idea and this is how much I want to charge. And then you try to do a sponsored post. So I've done a lot of sponsored posts that way through companies. Um, and then some of the other ways I've gotten sponsored posts is I've gone to blogging conferences. And this mm-hmm. is if you really, 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 really want to be a blogger, you're like, this is how I want to make money. I cannot like overestimate the importance of going to blogger conferences. That probably really truly was the thing that took my success to the next level was being able to go to blogger conferences or events that there were other like-minded people, kind of like quilt market. Mm -hmm. Um, And these conferences, it's part education. It's part um, working with other people and networking. And then you really meet up with a lot of brands. Like there'll be a whole room where in a, like, I don't know, a couple hour period where you go in and you give them your media kit. It's important to have a media kit. If you don't know what that is. Nope, I don't. (laughs) It basically gives, um, it gives your website. It gives all your social media stats. It tells them what you're about, tells them any brands you've worked with. Um, and so you give them your media kit and you just walk, kind of walk around to all these different brands and they kind of give you a card and they tell you what they're about and you tell them what you're about and then you follow up later on. And that is really helpful, getting some of the bigger sponsors. But you can do it without that. Like you don't okay. have to do that. Like you, you reach out to them and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, this is funny, On uh, actually I think last, the episode with Casey where I was like things that have not helped me grow is being a brand ambassador, working with brands. Now, however, if I were to reach out to these companies, that could be a selling point to say, I have been a brand ambassador for X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so like a lot of it is you really have to decide, like I have some friends who they do sell patterns, but 
their business is really built off doing sponsored posts for big companies. And it really pays well. I've just never done this. This is mind blowing. It can really pay well. Yeah. Especially if you can do video. If you can do video. Like YouTube or what do you mean? um, Just make like a a short video. Usually it's for Facebook or Instagram. Mm -hmm. And um, your rate will definitely go up. And you post it on your own thing. This isn't to share. So they'll have like, if you're going to do a sponsored post, they will be like, sometimes it's a very specific product. You know, like sometimes it's like, okay, well, it's fall. We want you to do flannel. So you have to come up with a project for flannel. Um, And sometimes they're like, we just want you to do a project for us, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they give you a whole lot of free reign. And so you come up with the project, you submit like a proposal, and then they say, you need to post, you need to do a blog post. If you, if in your proposal, you said you were going to do video, you need to do a video and then you need to submit it on all these social media channels. And then after that, you know, you report back to them, like how many likes, shares, how many eyes got on it. A lot of them will give you a, like a link. I heard you asking and talking about affiliate links. Mm-hmm. A lot of them will give you a specific link to their product like not Amazon, like on their website that they can count like how many sales that you've gotten. Mm -hmm. And then that way they know how productive it was. And then those usually make more money than Amazon. Amazon is Mm -hmm. not very worthwhile these days, unfortunately. Yeah. So they would then pay you a percentage. So they know exactly how many sales Mm -hmm. they got based off of your content. And then they pay you a percentage of that. Well, for the affiliate sales, but you're also making a sponsored post rate. So you're like, oh, I want nice. you to pay me $500 for this. Plus content. a percentage of the sales. Plus, yeah, the percentage of the sales. I am definitely going to be trying this. This is yeah. totally, don't mind all the questions because I'm no. like, I'm sorry. What? Tell me more. I will more. say that I think that a lot more craft businesses, like craft suppliers have larger budgets than a lot of sewing companies. There are some sewing companies that do have budgets and will pay bloggers. Unfortunately, I think that there's a lot of fabric companies and you've probably experienced this. I know this is not news on social media that they kind of target like the new people and they're like, Hey, if we give you some fabric, will you sew something for us? Mm-hmm. And so those companies aren't generally so receptive. There is part of me that like wants to start a what union and be like, okay, come on, folks, let's demand yeah. a little more, you know? Yeah, it's, our, it's worth truly it. Truly ridiculous. It's I don't like this ambassadorships and stuff. Like I don't even. I don't do any of those because I know it's free. Yeah, it's it's just free, free. And the ones that do pay, unfortunately, like it's a pretty paltry sum. Mm-hmm. It I'm really like, is. $50, I'm sorry, is not worth. <laughs> no, it's not worth my time. It's and... not worth my time. And mm-hmm. I um, I heard you guys talking about like the amount of time that it takes to do a blog post and such. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty experienced at like how long it takes to do a blog post and I've got it down to like a pretty good measurable amount. There's different types of blog posts. You know, as you know, there's informational, there's tutorial, but for like any given tutorial, I give myself 10 hours. It takes me 10 hours on average to do a blog post. Mm -hmm. And so for your $50, you're going to, or my fabric, my hundred dollars in fabric credit, I'm going to do a 10 hour tutorial for you. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. It's just not worth it. So on the topic of blog posts, so I like, 
I use WordPress for my blog mm-hmm. and I got the SEO app thing that will give me the green smiley face if the SEO is yeah. good. So I've learned just little bits, but like, do you have some tips for if you're going to start a blog? Yeah. Make sure you have da, 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 you know? Yeah. So the first thing I will say is invest in your education. Like if you want to take a blog seriously, like definitely invest in the education of a blog because I just happened to get really lucky where something kind of like went viral and I was like, oh, that was cool. Let me try this again. (laughs) But knowing what I know now, I 100% could have saved myself so much time if I had probably one, taken a blog course. Like um, I know there's a really good one, Sticky Blogging, Mm -hmm. but there's a bunch of them, but that's like a very basic, they tell you what to do. Two, I definitely would have invested in SEO because that's what I focus on. I Pinterest is good, um, but Pinterest is a corporation. They've gone public and now they're all about profit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I strictly focus on SEO and Google. And if, okay. if it makes Google happy, I do it. And if it doesn't make Google happy, then I don't worry about it or, you know, I don't really pursue it so much. Yeah. So I'll throw this out there. If you want to do a guest blog post and I'll do one for you, I think that's good for SEO, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of things. So, um, SEO, I am part of a, it's like an online course. It's like a membership course. It's called hashtag Jeff. Mm -hmm. He has a ton of information about SEO, about where to start, what it is. Um, and the biggest things he preaches are to like niche down, like find a topic and niche down and like niche down hard. Like, don't try to be everything to everyone. And um, like kind of like what you have preached about is like answering questions, being a resource for people, like helping them learn what they're looking for. So I put out patterns and stuff. I mean, I do put out things for sale, but my train of thought is always like, what does the beginner need to know? Like, if you don't have a clue how to do this what do you need to know? Like, let me help you learn how to get in this because maybe later on you'll buy my patterns because you'll be like, Oh, I went to that blog and I didn't know what to do. And she helped me. And I really like her now and I'll buy her patterns. I'm a fan. And so I remember when I was learning to quilt, like I I cut it out with scissors. Like I didn't know (laughs) what to do. And so my thing is like, let me help the beginners. And so I'm always doing things that are like super beginner oriented. And I know like on the quilt Instagram community, it's like, like that's so simple. Why would you do that? But there's always going to be someone new to it. Like I heard you say, there's always going to be someone new who wants to learn. And if you can be their friend and if you can hold their hand and you can bring them in and let them learn, like they're going to be your fan. They're going to be your person. Agree. So one thing I can already hear people asking and saying is, that's great. Like I'm doing this to earn money. And so that's, it's, it sounds like this is a long, long-term game. It's absolutely a long-term game. Um, I started it knowing that you could make money and I actually started it without even thinking about pattern sales. That was never once in my thought process. And so I put a lot of hours in. If I had spent the money and treated it as a business right off, like being like, okay, I'm going to get education. I'm going to learn exactly. Because like keywords are huge. I use a keyword research tool. Mm-hmm. What what tool do you use? But can you say? <laughs> I use SEMrush. It's kind of pricey. So I share it with some other people. Okay. Um, 
but there's like, if you have a group of friends, you know, like four or five people join together, mm-hmm. you know, you can all use it and it breaks the price down a lot. Okay. Um, there are some free ones. They're just not as, they don't have as many statistics to them, you know, mm-hmm. as as information, but if you're starting another thing that I used to do is I used to go to Google and I'd type in like, um, say like beginner quilt patterns. And then, you know, at the bottom, there's like all those questions, mm-hmm. like all those other related searches. I used to use that as a keyword research tool. Oh, so smart. Trying to figure out. Or like on the top, it says how many people search this. Mm-hmm. The other thing you can do is go to Pinterest and start typing stuff in. And then that'll tell you what people are asking for. Okay. So if it's common, you know that people want to know. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I don't these days, I don't do anything without doing research behind it. I just if it's going to take me 10 hours to do a post, like unless someone actually wants to know the information I have to offer, I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah, exactly. Does every post. okay? because I'm thinking of my own blog and I'm like, am I doing something right or wrong? Because it does. But I'm not doing as many tutorials. Tutorials take more. But if it's more informational or sharing like a pattern release, I, I mean, I could a couple of hours, you know, like yeah, an hour and a half maybe. Um, I try to relate everything back to each other. So if you're going to do an informational tutorial, um, have it relate either to a pattern that came out, have it, have it relate to another tutorial. So my biggest thing is like, you shouldn't do one-off posts. Like you shouldn't be talking about, I mean, like, unless it's a holiday thing, that's a totally different thing. But I mean, you shouldn't be talking about um, baby stuff one day and then about sewing like women's clothing another day and then making costumes another day. Like it all really needs to be related. So if you're talking about quilt stuff or you're talking about beginner quilt stuff or like say you have your like um, your better together quilt pattern, like you should then maybe focus on tips for half square triangles or like pulling fabric that would make it work together or beginner quilter tips like supplies because that is more of a beginner quilt pattern. So you kind of have to think about it in that mindset. And what are all the things that someone who came and found this pattern need to know to go with it? Okay. This is smart. I've got ideas churning in my brain of like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Right. So I try to think of things in like content pillars. So like for me, a beginner, Um, quilting would be a content pillar or like baby sewing would be a content pillar. So for me, those are just like the things that I'm like, I know that I want people to come to my site and like, be like, yes, I found my resource for sewing for babies or for beginning quilting. Right. They're not going to come to my site and be like, oh, that was a really cool woman's dress she made. Like, they're just not going to find that on my site, you know? Which comes back to the niching thing, which yeah. is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to surprise them. I don't want them to be like, what, what is she talking about this week? This is not what I came for. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. So you do have, you've worked with big companies like Joann's and Cricut. Is this from going to those blog conferences or how did that come about? Um, some of them are from blog conferences. Some of them are from me just reaching out and being like, Hey, (laughs) cold call, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, but I think a lot of them are really open to it. Um, and some of them I've been lucky enough that I've been like referred by a friend, you know, who was also in the blogging world. So that goes back to networking and collaborating and, um, 
sometimes being in the right place at the right time. I know that I did go to QuiltCon one year and I basically took like a media kit and a business card and walked around to all the booths and was like, hey, this is me. This is my blog. Um, I get this traffic and are you interested? And I definitely got some traction that way too. And when you do that, the hope the hope that you're get, wanting to get out of that is a paid, like what, what are you hoping to get from that? Uh, definitely paid work. Yeah, okay. For sure. Um, I mean, I guess sometimes if you're like, you're releasing a new pattern and you're like, Hey, will you send me fabric in exchange right. for me saying, but definitely paid work or like, you know, a sewing machine sponsor or something like that. I did a one with Viking a couple years ago. I really don't do a lot of sponsored posts anymore because I don't know. They're, they are a lot of work. And I've just decided that that wasn't necessarily where I wanted my business to go. Mm-hmm. Some people like that really is where they want their business to go. And I just decided that that wasn't, I wanted to do, sometimes like you do things more for the company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you are always doing things more for the company. And sometimes I felt more like I was just selling their stuff. Right. Yeah. So where are you earning your money now? How are you earning that? So um, I'm with an ad company, a publisher ad network called Mediavine. I think you have to have 100,000 views a month basically to get in with them. Mm-hmm. I know they're working on creating some more networks that you ha- can be lower. Um, but they are basically a managed ad company. So I give them like the login to my website and they're like, okay, we're going to place all the ads for you and we're going to make sure that you earn the most off these ads and I can upload videos and I'll make money off the videos. And so I'm really lucky that I was able to get in with them at the time that I got in with them because the requirements weren't so high, but if I couldn't get in with them, there's some other networks. I think there's like chicory and there are some that I probably would try to apply for The earnings just probably aren't as good, Mm -hmm. but you keep going until you get there. But if I was starting over and couldn't get there as quickly because it's a little bit harder now, I probably would definitely have segued into making patterns sooner and I probably would do more sponsored posts. Okay. So, and then a question that you just barely touched on and I'm going to dive a little deeper. I hear some people now say blogging's a thing of the past. I don't want to start. What are your thoughts about that? No, blogging is definitely not dead. I mean, I had a friend who started not that long ago and she's had a meteoric rise. I mean, she's got over 100,000 people on her YouTube channel. She's got like hundreds of thousands on her Facebook. I mean, she has an entire team of people. Awesome. It is definitely, definitely not dead. And I hear people all the time who are like new to it and might just put a post out there and they'll be like, wow, that post got traffic. And it's like, well, you're a new blogger. I mean, if you think it's dead and then you got traffic, well, that's not true at all. I think that um, because when it started, it was so unorganized, a lot of people could get lucky kind of the way I did and then try to figure out like, oh, well, now now what do I do to make that happen again? I think that starting out, you have to be a lot more business minded and oriented and like definitely get educated on like, if I want to blog, if I want this to make money, I mean, cause I don't make money. I do make money off my patterns. That's not, but I don't make the majority of money off my patterns. I make the majority of money off of my ads on my website. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I feel like, I feel like I say this in every episode, but if you are providing quality content, oh, yeah. there is 
always room for that. So like I a hundred percent make sure that my pictures are like the thing that you see that picture on Pinterest and you're going to go to it. So what, can you just touch on that for a second? Cause I mean, some people are like, I just don't have the photographer's eye. I mean, what are some things that make a picture stop worthy, you know, click worthy, whatever you want to call it. I had another blogging friend who a couple years ago, because I used to take like the white background. I still use white, but I used to take the, um, it was always just a white background. And that still works for some people. But she made this comment about a course she had taken in styling photography, styling her shoots. And that like made all the difference to me was styling. So I think one, I like bright colors. Mm-hmm. I think that when you're on Pinterest, if you see something bold and bright, that's going to stop your eye. Um, I think that a font that's really easy to read. I used to do the kind of swooshy font. I've dropped that entirely. Um, picking two or three colors, you know, that kind of contrast with each other. I think that's super important. And then having like those stylized items kind of around it and then in the background and telling the people need to be told what to do. And that was what I learned is that they have to be told, what do I do with this? So give me an example. Like, um, so like if you make like a little, um, zip pouch that's for pencils, you need to style it with like pencils and pens and notebooks and what, you know, your school stuff, what are you, or a computer, you know, like what are those things that you would find around it? Gotcha. So the picture shows them, this is what you use this for. Yes. And I also really like the idea of when I see a picture that creates a mood and I want yes. to have that mood myself, like, it, Absolutely. like I want to jump in that picture and experience what's going on in that picture that, and I don't know how to like tangibly teach people except look at pictures and see which ones do that for you. And yeah. And I think another important thing that like goes along with the photography aspect is kind of a branding and it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you use the same colors in every picture, but if you are someone who uses bright colors and then all of a sudden you do something really like dark and dim and people are, they're not going to recognize that as you. But if like when you go to my site and you, you open it, all the tutorials are all these really bright pictures and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know? And when you see it on Pinterest, you're like, oh yeah. That's yours. So did you have someone help you with your branding or like I went to your website and I was like, dang, she's good. Like you've got good color. It's done really well. Oh, thank you. No, I didn't have anyone. I made my logo up by myself and then I thought about having someone do it and I just didn't really like find anything that I find anyone that I was like, "Mm, yeah, their style is what I want. So I just left it because I was like, well, it's simple. Mm hmm. It's simple is better. If I can say that I've seen different logos, simple is better. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. So much better. And so, yeah. And that's the thing is I just, I chose a couple colors, you know, sometimes you get tired of the same color, but the people, they don't know you're tired of the same color. You know, they just know that this is what they think of when they see you. So I just try to make everything as cohesive as possible. Yes. Okay. And I also wanted to ask, you have a section on your website for freebies and then you have to have a passcode, which mm-hmm. I'm about to go sign up for it. I'm so intrigued. What's in, There's templates. Templates for what? And then some free patterns. Um, so basically, I used to have an opt-in for like every single thing. 
And then when I switched uh, email companies, I really didn't want to set that up again. And then um, the guy, hashtag Jeff, he really preaches on having what you call like a resource library, you know, where people can go. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to put them all in one place. That So anytime you go to a tutorial and it's like, hey, do you want this template? You just, you can go there. And in every email, it's the password is sent out again and again and again. So basically what's in there is um, all the free like baby patterns, any templates for Cricut, any SVG files, um, any quilt patterns that are on there. Sometimes they're printed. Sometimes they're not printed. Um, I do have things that like you might see it for free on my blog and you might like be able to go and follow along on the screen. But if you want a printed version that, or in like more sizes, then you pay for that. But I don't charge like, you know, 10 or $12 like you would for like an original pattern because Mm -hmm. most of these things aren't super original. They're pretty simple because they're beginner oriented. And so I charge like a smaller fee for that. Okay. Just able to get it. Yeah. And I love everything about this. And I'm so intrigued because, okay, in episode, I think it's eight or nine, I had Emmy of Emmy Genation on. And she has the same thing, this library of free resources. So what does hashtag Jeff, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Why? What's the thinking behind this library instead of, and um, then I want to hear more about, about your email. Sir, <laughs> it's about serving your customer. So Instead of making them go to each individual blog post, find each blog post, you know, because a lot of them are probably coming from Google or from Pinterest. That's the majority of where people come from. And so they go to this blog post and they find it and they're like, oh, cool. And then they maybe they search around your site, they see another one, and then they have to go sign up again for another one. And then they have to go sign up again for another one and wait yep. for it in your email. Yep. And if you're trying to go to someone's site and you fall in love with it and you want all of their stuff, like that's really a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm, it is. Okay. I'm really liking this library yeah. thing. So, so is it in and you can get it, you know, whatever you want. And it's, uh, who hosts your website? Um, I use Kinsta. Okay. Uh, they are a managed WordPress oh, okay. site. They're a little bit pricier, but, um, they take care of a lot of stuff, like they a lot of backups, like something goes wrong and I don't worry about it. They're lightning fast. I would not have used them when I started. Um, mm-hmm. I probably would have used Orange Geek or something like that, but I would not use like DreamHost or GoDaddy or any of those. Okay. I, Orange Geek, I've heard really, really good things about. Um, but they, because they're so fast and because I get a pretty good amount of traffic and Google really wants my site to be fast, mm-hmm. they don't like it yeah, going and um, so for me, the investment in the hosting was an important thing. Yeah. And so it's this library is just a page that you create a login. Mm-hmm. And okay. yeah, so it's actually a password. So it's in WordPress. It's a page, not a blog post. And it is a password protected page. Um, I've tried this other um, I think it's through Thrive. I can't remember, but it was, it's called a content locker where basically you go one time and you sign up and then it's supposed to recognize your IP address and then you're supposed to be able to get back in. But I was having a lot of problems with people emailing me and being like, I kept signing up and it just didn't do yeah. anything. So I just went with the password protect and I still get people emailing me and be like, I don't, 
what password? I don't, yeah. what, why can't I get in? You know, why do I have to have a password? But I tried to make a really clear page on like, how do I get the freebies? You know? Yeah. So. Okay. My, again, my brain is going with all these ideas and I'm really loving it. Um, let me pull up our questions here. One second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what, well, also, I really loved when you reached out. You were like, my blog is really successful. <laughs> your words are funny. I suck at Instagram, but <laughs> using your own words, I don't think you suck at Yeah, no, but, I really um, <laughs> <laughs> But I actually am really glad that you're not like, I am perfect at everything. Not that you're saying you're perfect at your blog, but we don't have to be a jack of all trades, right? Like you can pick one area and be very successful. And so tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what are your feelings about Instagram? I mean, how, tell me all the things with that. Like, well, so I love Instagram as a community, like as a personal place. Like I love to spend my time on Instagram. Um, I don't know if you know, but my account actually got hacked. I did um, not know that. Oh God, it's such a mess. That so is that's my why I have like a thousand followers is, I think I had like maybe six or 7,000 followers before. But, um, and then I had a Facebook page that had maybe like 8,000. I'm one of those people that I'm like would post when I felt like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and it got hacked. Someone logged into my Facebook account and they actually took the credit card information that had been used for advertising. And I don't know what they did. I just got a notice saying that my account was disabled. Both accounts were disabled and I could oh my goodness. do a review. I did the review and then it said, no. You can't have it back. And then like a couple days later, I got charges to some other account for Facebook advertising that someone had taken my credit card information. So <laughs> it was, Ooh. so I've given up on Facebook. I'm like, eh, Facebook, you can, you can. Yeah, um, adios. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with Facebook. I didn't really enjoy it anyways, but I really truly love Instagram as a place to be. I'm just not very good at it. And I think, I feel like you have to like, and maybe this isn't true, but a lot of people, they like sh- share like a lot about their personal lives and I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe that's for me why Instagram can be like an uncomfortable place to try yeah, to- Yeah. I mean, I hear both. I hear some people- I I've heard some people say like your Instagram story should be like the Kardashian show where people are coming to yeah. see reality TV and see the next thing. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to be like the Kardashian no. show. Um, but then, you know, I see other people who are uber successful and share very minimally about their personal yeah. lives. You know, I think again, it's just coming to that quality and where you want to put your time and yeah. you know, for you it's yeah. the blog and that's paying off and yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah. The up. blog comes number one. So like if I'm working on a post that day and I like, I try to send my newsletter out every single Sunday. Um, and sometimes I have kind of heard on your podcast, people like being like, well, should I send it out every week? Or, you know, questioning, mm-hmm. even if you don't have new content, like I have tons of stuff from my archives that people have forgotten about, or maybe yep. it's seasonal. And so I pull up an old post, like say I'm working on a pattern and I just can't get new content out. I pull up an archive and I send it out. Um, Amy from Diary of a Quilter, even if she doesn't have a new project, she's like, hey, I'm working on this. This is what I'm doing this week. And she sends that out. I have another friend who is like, she actually has another blogging model, which I would love to tell you about. Um, She sends out links people love. She's like, 
hey, I saw this. This was really, really cool. Hey, I saw this. This is really cool. And so she might have a project, but maybe not. But she's just always like sending you like stuff you might be interested in. And not her own stuff necessarily, but not like necessary. I came across this. But see, mm-hmm. that's adding such value where it's not, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like queen of lists. And so her blogging model is more to make like the lists, like the roundup posts where like you just, you know, provide them a list of the best quilt patterns or the best embroidery patterns or, you know, summer embroidery patterns or whatever. And she's been wildly successful. And a lot of them she links back. She does more affiliate links with those Mm. and she'll do them in her newsletter too, um, which I have to be way better. She makes makes way more money affiliate wise than I do. Um, So like some of the the fun things she links to will be like a product on Etsy. Hmm. So Etsy is the best affiliate sales right now. If you're going to get into affiliate sales, they have like the best cookie, which means how long it lasts. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Where I try to link everything to is Etsy. Okay. And do you have to set up an affiliate like? Yeah, it's through, I think it's called AWIN, A-W-I-N. Okay. Yeah. um, You have to set that up and then they're pretty good about how long um, it takes for people to, it's called a cookie, but it's like how long between when they go to your site and when they buy something and then how much they pay. So, hmm. and there's a, doing that. um, plugin that I don't know what it's called. Maybe a one and, um, any Etsy link. So you don't have to go search for that specific link and then get a code for mm-hmm. it, like a short link. You would just take the URL and you plug it in and as a link, and then anything that is that Etsy link will be shown as an affiliate link. So do site. private shop owners have to opt into that? Like, yeah. because is that a portion of their sales or is that a portion of what Etsy keeps that they're giving you? Yeah. It's through Etsy. Yeah. No, you don't have to do anything as a shop. Okay. Owner. And this friend of yours going back to, she, does she even create content or is she just a curator? Oh yeah. She creates, she definitely does create content, but, um, And hers are more like um, just little projects, Mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes she'll make bean bags or she'll make like a shell collecting bag or, you know, hers is just more like general sewing stuff. Um, She also did like one on Craftsy before. Okay. Yeah. Um, Like not a pattern, but she made one of somebody else's pattern and linked back to it. And she said she made a ton of money that way. Fascinating. I just love hearing all of these ideas. There's just so many opportunities out there mm-hmm. to tap into that, learn about it a little bit. And so that, mm-hmm. what you mentioned, she just made something and made a link back to someone's pattern on Craftsy. Mm-hmm. And then she got a portion of that. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I know that you had mentioned this and I'm curious as well. You said that friends are reaching out to you to get some coaching on blogging. Do you offer coaching or a class on how to grow a successful blog? I don't, um, which now I feel like I should, but I, I might <laughs> write a couple blog posts about it. You know, just some of like the places that would start be a good place to start. You know, some of the resources that would save you time learning all the <laughs> You need to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I've definitely told friends about hashtag Jeff. I've told them, you know, like, Hey, if you want to learn to blog, you definitely need to invest in a course. Um, I don't know how the state of blogger conferences are going right now. Um, because I used to go to snap, which was Mm -hmm. Utah, which was a creative blogger conference. I know the year before they had alt summit, which is a creative blogger conference. Um, 
if they host that again, like I might go to that one. Um, I feel like for quilters, obviously QuiltCon and Quilt Market, it's not quite the same because when you go to blogger conferences, um, you're really learning about like the business of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a ton of um, guest speakers and coaches and other bloggers who've had this experience and how they do it. And so maybe even if I didn't go to cr- a creative blogger conference, I might find like a mom blogger conference to go to if that was something that I was serious about. Because yeah. the resources and talking to other bloggers is just super invaluable. It really is. Yeah. And I, that's really cool that they have companies there to specifically meet bloggers. That's something I've oh, never yeah. experienced. I mean, I've definitely gone to retreats with other business people and just the connections and the the energy that it gives you is worth yeah. it. But to add that, having those companies there that are looking to pay people like that adds the value a ton, you know? Yeah. Like I know there's, I think it's called Haven. It's a um, like DIY, like home DIY people. Um, and I know that like, they basically do the same thing where you get to meet the companies and you get to try to get them to sponsor you and, oh, and you get to use their products. You get a whole bunch That's of swag, awesome. which is, which is cool. I mean, the swag's cool, but basically they're trying to get you to use their products and like fall in right. love with something and be like, yes, I want to teach you about this. You know? Right. There Very you smart. Very smart. All right. So to finish up, I have a few rapid fire questions. Are okay. you ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Number one, how long have you designed quilt patterns? Um, I think 2016, I did one for a magazine. Okay. And that's when you started. Yeah. Someone reached out to me from um, Love Patchwork Quilting. That okay. One. Yeah. Uh-huh. She like, saw like some posts I had done and she reached out to me and was like, hey, would you be interested in designing a quilt? And I had like never, ever thought about designing a quilt. And I was like, okay. And so I did. And that's kind of what started it. Nice. Okay. What is your favorite part of running a business? Like that's just fun for you. Um, just kind of dreaming up like the new project that, that I'm going to do and what it's going to look like and all the colors. And yeah, that's definitely the fun part. I do like that part too. What's one food that you cannot live without? Mexican for sure. Okay. Taco Tuesdays in your house. Oh my gosh. Enchilada Fridays. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Uh, probably more of a night owl. I don't, I don't get up very easily. Like I'm slow going. Same, same. And what is your favorite color at the moment? Pink. Oh, you've got a pink shirt on. No one else can see this, but you do have <laughs> a pink shirt on. <laughs> yeah, pink at the moment. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. If people are wanting to find you, where can they find you? They can find me at uh, CoralineCo.com and um, Instagram at CoralineCo. Perfect. And we will put a link to your website in the show notes and also to that library of all your freebies. Yes. And the other things that we've talked about. So be sure to check out the show notes. If you don't know where those are, you can also visit quilterscandy.com under the podcast tab and look for this episode and you can get all of that information. So thanks for being on the show. So fun to chat and learn. Thank you. Wasn't that awesome? Shelly, thank you so much for being on the Craft to Career podcast. 
There's seriously so much packed into that podcast episode that I need to go back and listen again and again and implement all of your ideas. So thank you so much, Shelly. I know our listeners loved and learned a lot from you as well. If you enjoyed this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Each week on the Craft to Career podcast, I invite guests or I share my own personal tips for how to grow a creative career. So this week we talked about blogs, other weeks we've talked about Pinterest. There's lots of different topics and tips that you can learn from, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And next week, you are not going to want to miss, we have Megan of Then Came June. Megan is one of the top-selling quilt pattern designers in the modern quilt world, and she's really generous to spend her time sharing her story with us and some inside behind the scenes looks into her success. So be sure to tune in next week. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you later. Bye.